We are so excited you've decided to listen to this week's sermon podcast. Hey, we release sermon podcasts weekly, so be sure to follow us and hit that notification bell so you can be notified when episodes are released. God bless and enjoy. Families build churches. Where there is no family, there is no church. And so just be balanced, well-rounded. Do what your family can take and what your soul has to have. Amen. Amen. Is that all right? There was a song in the mid-80s, I want to I say, maybe a little uh, earlier than that. Uh, several people recorded it. I think I remember most the Larnell Harris uh, version. Uh, and, and maybe I'm even wrong about that. I didn't have time to research it. It just, it just came to me. But it says this. There is no problem too big. God cannot solve it. There is no mountain too tall. He cannot move it. There is no storm too dark. God cannot calm it. There is no sorrow too deep. He cannot soothe it. And then it went on to say, If he carried the weight of the world upon his shoulder, I know, my brother, that he can carry you. If he carried the weight of the world upon his shoulder I know my sister that he will carry you then it said there is no problem too big God cannot solve it just said it again there is no mountain too tall he cannot move it and there is no storm too dark He cannot calm it. There is no sorrow too deep. He cannot soothe it because he carries the weight of the world upon his shoulder. What a song. Have you ever needed to be carried? You ever need to be lifted? Wow. I want to tell you something. There's two fundamental basic things about victory you can, you can study the entire Bible and when it comes to the end and that's what matters I, I hope you're born into a good family I hope you live right but you have to die right you don't have an option I hope you live right but you have to die right when it comes down to it there are two ingredients to complete victory and that'll be the title of our thought today two ingredients to victory and we're going to simplify this whole walk with God now it's not excluding anything there's always the middle but I want to I want to just just bring it up to a couple of little points about living for God and what you can do today to change the direction of your life or to make better the direction that's already good so I want to talk about two ingredients to victory. We'll go to Revelation chapter 7. Thank you for standing for the reading of the word. Thank you, Bishop, for encouraging us. And 
God is good. Amen. Revelation 12 and 7 through 11. And there was war in heaven. I still hear pages turning, so we'll give you just a moment. Revelation 12 and verse number 7. And there was war in heaven. Michael and his angels fought against the dragon. The dragon fought and his angels and prevailed not. Neither was their place found anymore in heaven. And the great dragon was cast out, the old serpent called the devil and Satan, which deceiveth the whole world. He was cast out into the earth and his angels were cast out with him. And I heard a loud voice saying in heaven, Now is come salvation and strength and the kingdom of our God and the power of his Christ for the accuser of our brethren is cast down which accused them before our God day and night and they overcame him by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of their testimony And they love not their lives unto the death. Two ingredients to victory. The blood and your word. Are you ready? We love you, Lord. We thank you for your goodness. We thank you for your word. We thank you for every man, woman, boy, and girl in this place. For the 10 o'clock hour, what a great time in each and every class. Ask you now, Lord, to anoint us just as your word is anointed. It's not going to change. It's not failing. It's not weak. It's not falling apart. But it's true and accurate. And it's outlasted all. Though the world fades away, your word will still be true and stand for eternity. We declare that same goodness and anointing over this place. And we'll give you all the praise in the matchless name of Jesus Christ. We praise you right now. It would be important to the message for you to praise him right now right now to praise as you're being seated sister Francis I want everybody just to see you raise your hand Sister Frances will be joining us at Life Point and worshiping with us. Had a good long conversation with her this last week. We're honored that she'll be. That's Sister Frances Harge. That's our sister in the Lord right there. Amen. Amen. God bless you. I'm glad you're here. Let's talk about it. Two ingredients to victory. Now, I want to say a few things today that are going to challenge the Bible scholar. And we can talk about it. We can, we can read about it. We're going, but, but when it's all said and done, I'm going to be right. I mean, it's just a fact. Not because I'm saying it, because the Bible's going to bear it out. Uh, but we'll get to that in a few moments. But according to this passage of Scripture, in the end of the end of time, in the end of the end of time, When Satan is cast down for the final time and heaven is victorious, which we know it will be, and its people and God's people have no more battles to fight 
and no more wars to wage, we find that it comes down really to two simple things. You'd have been past Acts, which you got to have and it's important. You'd have been past the prophecies of Isaiah and Jeremiah. You'd have been past everything and it comes right down to the very end. What are you going to do with your experience and your knowledge of what precedes this passage? And here is what our Lord said. They overcame Satan, the devil, the enemy of our soul by the blood of the Lamb... And here's the problem. The blood's done its job. Already right now, if time ended, the blood would have done its job. So it falls on us to own our eternity through this second ingredient. The word of our testimony. Not even the word of the Lord because the blood's already got that covered. Everything preceding the Word. The Bible said that in the beginning was the Word. The Word was with God. The Word was God. You jump down to 14. And the Word became flesh. So Jesus Christ was the living Word of God. He put the Word to the challenge of death, hell, and the grave. The Word went to the challenge of conquering sin. The Word went to the challenge of healing our body. The Word has already done its job. The word has a name and it's Jesus. So when it comes down to it, we're conquering the enemy by him and us. So part of this great eternal salvation, although we know that, comes down to what we say. What we declare. This passage is in the end of time and it says the blood of the Lamb, Jesus Christ, not just being out there but already having been applied and done its job and the word of the testimony. I want to tell you that there are some people in this place on this Sunday morning that have such great issues that we don't really even know what to do. We wake up in the morning sometimes and just go another day, another fight, another struggle. And I know that doesn't sound like positive preaching or the power of positive thinking but I've talked to enough of you and I've heard me enough to know that every day is a struggle because if you don't struggle throughout the day, you'll lose. Because there's one that's going to bring a struggle and the only way we win is to struggle back, to fight back, to do our job. How do we do that? We allow the blood to do its job and then we've got to open up our mouth and our heart. Somebody said this is not fair. My home, my child, our health, my finance. It's just not fair. I heard somebody say that and all of a sudden it hit me. No, the fair is where you go get a corn dog. Fair is where you get a a fried snickerdoodle and ride the Ferris wheel with your grandkids. The Bible never says it's fair. He never said, matter of fact, he said, just be ready, it's going to rain on the just 
and the unjust. The same electricity bill comes to my house as comes to the atheist's house. The same doctor's report comes to your house as it does the atheist's house. The same tire blows out at your car as it does on their car. It rains on the just and the unjust. He didn't say I'm gonna pick you up and take you over all the trouble. He said if you'll take my hand, we'll go through it all. Nobody ever said it would be easy. As a matter of fact, the only way we can come up with the word fair is to be absolutely opposed to Scripture. Oh, tell me where, Pastor. Because the Bible says, compare yourselves. It's not wise to compare yourselves among yourselves. Because it'll get you thinking, why does the atheist drive a new car and I have an old car? Why does a non-believer live in the nice neighborhood and I'm down here somewhere? Why is it that I, I support the church and they have a better job than me? When we start comparing ourselves to a world that has no inheritance, that's how we define fair. But I want to tell you something. Fair is what we make it. It's not fair that my family member dies. It's not fair that your family member dies. We're children of the most high God. No, folks, it's appointed unto man once to die and after death the judgment. It's not an issue of fair. It's an issue of comparing my life to someone else's. There's two opportunities we get in the end of time. One of them is the blood and it's already settled. It's already done its thing. And the other one is what are you going to do with your mouth? I believe one of the reasons whew, the Lord gives us this last day thing is they were made overcomers by the word, by the blood of the lamb and the word of their testimony is because the Bible said that the tongue is the most unruly member of the body. It's why that he spoke with a new tongue through the believers because if he can ever get control of your tongue, that's the first member that'll fail you every time. Before you punch them, you'll curse them. Before you cheat, you'll talk. If he can ever control your tongue where you can't set up the next bad step. So in the end, here's what he says. My blood's out there. Will you join your word with it and be an overcomer? Sister Beckham, come help me, if you would. And then and you, you don't have to be prepared or anything. You got this one in your hip pocket. It's no problem. If we begin to read and we begin to study, we would find thousands of references to the blood. We would find hundreds and thousands of songs across our globe about the blood of Jesus Christ. I think it's pretty well established in the Christian world. Even the generic Christian, those that say they're Christian, they believe that the blood. Here's one. For it reaches to the highest mountain. Strength 
from day to day it will never lose its power there's one and then if you want to pick it up about two steps you could say there's power power wonder work and power in the something to that I've heard people you just, you just it'd, be, it'd be great help to me really I'm not long from finishing it would be incredible just to say the blood covers everything it's all settled the blood covered it all but the Lord himself spoke to us in the last of the last days and said they were made overcomers by the blood and the word of their testimony. The definition of testimony, a formal, written, or spoken statement. See, there's too many people that are flippant. They're, 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 they're passive. They're, they're, it's not a formal praise. They praise him when they find cheap gas. Praise him when they when they find the air hose when, when when the lights on. Praise him when a bonus comes in. That, that, that's not that's not official. You you got to be doing it for him, not because. Can you imagine if every time you came to church, I walked around to everybody and said, "Hey." Where's your money today? And I didn't check on you, didn't see you, didn't call you when you were down or missing or in the hospital or didn't care. None of, uh, you just knew the only thing he's interested in is what I'll give him. How much, how much the Lord must feel the same way many times when the only time anybody ever says anything good about him is some unofficial gift It's not formal. It's, oh, thanks, Lord. I appreciate that. Oh, you're good. I tell you, you just stay right there because I'm sure I'll need you again next time I'm low. But here, here, here's the question. A formal praise is only about him. A formal, a statement 
a true and, and a true and passionate statement from the heart is not. Lord, I, I just thank you for that bonus check. I thank you for that Christmas gift. I, I thank you. Well, that is praise, but that's not the formal praise that, they, that he's talking about in Revelation. He's talking about something that is purely on one subject. You can praise him in a lot of ways, but if you want to be an overcomer, you're going to have to get intentional about what you say to him, not just when you're down, not just when you're hurting, not just when you're in sorrow, but you got to say every single day, Lord, you are the great I am. You are my king. You are my master. You are the lover of my soul. I thank you and I praise you because... Is there anybody got a formal praise for him right now? Anybody got a formal praise for him right now? Come on, it's your testimony. It's the second part of a two-part victory. Your word of praise and testimony. By the blood of the Lamb and the word of their testimony a formal spoken statement there's a little, little addendum that says with passion and something on the line when you give your sworn testimony something's on the line it's either you or somebody else or something else. Something is on the line. Do we praise God enough when it's not just about what he'll give me but because his value is on the line of my heart? I come to praise. Oh, watch this. The word overcomer. Excitement of victory as in when you win a great battle. They overcame through the blood and the excited word of their testimony. Okay, this is not exciting. Well, he drug me up one more morning, thank you. He, he, he got us through one more service. Blessed be the holy name. No. Uh-uh. Let me tell you something. When they started testifying, can you imagine what it looked like when they started testifying from the second floor of the upper room? And as they started coming out of there like bees from a hive, speaking in an unknown tongue, people said, these people are drunk, they're crazy, they lost their mind. They're just a bunch of Galileans. They're just a bunch of uneducated fishermen. What in the world is going on? What was going on was some excitement had been born on the inside. And they began to fall out from a second floor staircase and window and somehow to get down through a walkway and it spilled out into the streets. I'm talking about the Holy Ghost, the power of our Lord and Savior living. That ought to bring excitement to your words. It ought to bring a praise to your lips. It ought to bring you to your feet. It ought to bring your voice to a higher octave. It ought to bring the music to a fevered pitch. 
it is truly a testimony of his goodness. spoken statement especially when something's in the balance something matters An overcomer excitement of victory as in when you win a great battle so there's no such a thing watch now as an end time subtle passive testimony not by definition well, now I don't do it like you. You don't have to do it like me, but you got to do it like you. See, it's easy. That's how you get out of it all together. Well, I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not torqued up like you are. I'm not wound up like you are. I, I, I'm, not, I, I'm not just setting myself on fire and let everybody watch me burn. I'm not doing that. Okay. But what praise do you have? The old prophet, wasn't it Jeremiah, said it's just like fire shut up in my bones. It's just fire. He said, I'll never speak about his goodness again. And he went and pouted in the corner because life wasn't fair. And all of a sudden, something, and it hit him. And he said, whoa, I got to say something about something. There's a fire burning on the inside of me. An end time praise will ramp up the excitement of your soul. The blood has done its job. He's waiting on the word. The blood has brought the healing. He's waiting on the testimony. The blood has brought salvation, but he's waiting on the testimony. What can you speak into existence today? All right, watch this. Proverbs 18 and 20. I love that right there, Sister Beckham. As long as you're not tired, just carry on. I really do. Thank you so much. Proverbs 18 and 20. A man's belly shall be satisfied with the fruit of his mouth. With the increase of his lips shall he be filled. Death and life are in the power of the tongue. And they that love it shall eat the fruit thereof. If you like to talk, and if you like, I, I believe this or not, when it comes down to it, I serve people, but I speak for a living. If I lost my voice, I could not continue to preach from a pulpit, minister to people in counselings and Bible teachings. So naturally, I love to talk, but I don't love to talk to hear myself talk. I love to talk and say something and say, where'd that come from? I like to know that that was not my plan, that was not my goal, that was not my intention. I was with the word and he was willing to make it a good word. Come on. If you love it, you shall eat the fruit of it. What words are you saying? Do you love them? If you can love the declaration of his goodness, you will see the fruit of it. Oh, just stay focused right here. Now watch this. Let's jump to Acts 16 and 23. 
Paul and Silas, they've been beat down, wore out, beat up. They're fixing to die. And here's what happens. When they had laid many stripes upon them, they cast them into prison, charging the jailer to keep them safely, who, having received such a charge, thrust them in the inner prison and made their feet fast in stocks. And at midnight... In the darkest time of their life, in the dark hour, when things wasn't right, when life was not fair, Paul and Silas prayed and sang praises unto God. They used their words, and the prisoners heard them. Watch this. And suddenly there was a great earthquake so that the foundation of the prison were shaken and immediately all the doors were everybody's doors were open and everyone's bands were loose your praise has more to do with life than just about you it's got something to do with the one beside you in front of you behind you it's got something to do with the one across the building you're the key to their movement somebody turn the key right now Somebody turn the key of important, powerful word. Notice three things happened that night when they let their words go. The ground shook. Everyone heard them and everybody was loose or saved. After that initial event, there were people baptized in the name of Jesus Christ that were right before that unbelievers. The jailer and their family was baptized and received the greatest promise known to humanity. Why? Because they had an apostle. What's, what's apostle? That's, that's the precursor. That's the beginning word uh, of apostolic. People are so scared of that. The apostolic doctrine is miracles and signs and wonders and infilling of the Spirit. People talk about apostolic. They go, oh, I, oh, now that's probably out of bounds for me. Well, you don't want much. See, anytime the enemy can pervert a word... The word pervert just means to change, make something. We see a whole world right now that's perverted. Let's take this and turn it into what God said it's not. Let's take. We live in a world that would like to, to pervert everything you do. He don't have to kill it. All he's got to do is change it. If he can change it, it don't have to die. It just can't finish. It can't reproduce if it's changed. Ah, the ground shook. Everyone was loosed. People were saved. Now, get ready, Bible scholars. Sister Beckham, what does the clock say? Do you know? Okay, yeah. Y'all just forgive me. If I ask that, whoever said it, I'm not ever really worried about what time it is. I've got that right here. I just need to know how long I've been preaching. <laughs> She's a good timekeeper. Hey, now listen close. 
You have to pay close attention right here. You're gonna you're gonna be bothered and frustrated. You're gonna want to get your phone out. You're gonna want to go to Google and Wikipedia and Bible phone applications and all that. Are you ready? There's an old Jewish hymnal. And it was called the Great Halal. It's got a couple of different spellings, H-A-L-A-L in one place, H-A-L-A-L-L in another one, H-A-A-H-L in another one. It's, it's, it's there. That's how it's pronounced. The Great Halal. That was an Old Testament praise unto God. All right, here you go. It's, it's, a, it's, an old, it's a Greek thing. Long before we had it in our language, long before we had a King James Version and the English language, it was a great halal. It was an old Jewish hymnal. You should take your Bible when you get home and see how many times you can find hallelujah in Scripture. How many times do you think it's in there? Hallelujah. You're on, you're on though. You see, we preach a whole, whole lot that hallelujah is the highest praise when the word hallelujah is not in your Bible. If it is, it's been taken out of all mine. I find it in the very end of Revelation spelt without an H. Hallelujah. Now watch, watch. Don't let that twist you up. Because, well, I've always heard hallelujah. The highest praise. We stand and we say hallelujah, hallelujah. The thing is this. Hallelujah is not the word that's the highest praise. The highest praise is the hallelujah. Watch. See, we, we kind of got this mixed up a lot of times. Or some did, instead of saying hallelujah and saying that was the highest praise. no. Praise to the one true living God with all of our heart is the hallelujah. That's why they say the highest praise is the hallelujah. But watch this. Now I'm going to prove this to you. The great halal where we get our modern day translation. Hallelujah. It was a song that was sung to the one true living God at that time only known as Jehovah who had not came in the flesh and in the word yet. You ready? That halal was sung during the first day of the Feast of Booths. Go study that. What a mighty time that was for the Den Church. It was sung during the days of unleavened bread. It was sung during all new moon days. Go read about it. It's in new times, new beginnings. It's incredible. It was sung during the Passover. When the blood was applied to the doorpost at night, here's what they'd done. It wasn't that they were saying, how, why, why do people say then that it's the one universal word? Because praise to God is the universal word. It's not bound to one word and a few letters. If you are praising the most high God, that is the highest praise. Because you can praise a lot of stuff in this world. But if you're praising Him, I knew it was going to slow down right here. I knew it. Some of y'all can't wait. 
Watch this. It was sung during the Feast of Tabernacles. It was sung at the Festival of Pentecost. It was sung on the 50th day after Passover, which is the day of Pentecost. When we celebrate the birth of the church, what is it? It was the greatest praise to the only one true living God and the song itself was called the Halal. Finally, when you get into Revelations and you get into the end of the book, you'll see it four times. Maybe it's only three. I just read it this morning. Hallelujah. 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 Oh, watch this. Don't miss the message right here because you hadn't seen this. On, On our American Easter, on the day of the resurrection morning when we celebrate, in the Old Testament on that day, they would have already been praising, already praise to the only one true true living God. Now when we say hallelujah in our modern language and text, that is sending up the highest praise we know. We're saying, by saying that word, the highest song, the highest accolades, the highest worship, whatever can be done, we're saying it in this one word. But there was more than one word, watch. Are you ready? Because all of Psalm 114 was one of the original five hallelujahs. Watch. It's eight verses long. This is challenging, isn't it? Because it's new to school. It's challenging. Watch. This is a song. A song was sung with musicians and dancers and praisers. I don't know what the song, uh, I don't know what its uh, beat was or what have you, but here was a song. When Israel went out of Egypt, the house of Jacob, from people of a strange language, Judah was his sanctuary. This is the original. What? Judah was his sanctuary and Israel his dominion. The sea saw it and fled. Jordan was driven back. The mountains skipped like rams and the little hills like lambs. What ailed thee, O thou sea, that thou fleddest? Thou Jordan, that thou wast driven back? Yea, mountains that ye skip like rams and ye little hills like lambs. Tremble thou art at the presence of the Lord, at the presence of the God of Jacob, which turned the rock into a standing water, the flint into fountains of water. That is a hallelujah. That's the highest praise in the Old Testament that David could write. He reminded the world, where are you water when the name came? Where are you hills when the name came? Where are the sicknesses and the mountains and the enemy when the great one true living God appeared? Oh, don't ever quit saying hallelujah because you're summing up a bunch of stuff. We'll never quit singing the songs. We'll never quit saying it's the highest praise. But we got to understand where it fits in our history. It's a lineage of songs. She's playing it now. Hallelujah. What's that? That's all those halals strung together. When we sing hallelujah, we say it reaches to the highest mountain. It walks across dry oceans. It climbs and hills collapse. We walk around and falls crum- uh, walls crumble. We testify and it brings salvation. Hallelujah.
important of a word to you now than ever because you're singing many chapters of scripture in one word hallelujah you, you, you're telling the lion why and how he roared why the hill and the mountain stands why the, the, the big strong ram with his horns that's ready for battle why he begins to shuffle in a dance that looks like fear why it looks so cumbersome for him to walk across a field because the great God of glory is in his presence. Boy, when y'all understood everything, you were with me. Now there's eight asleep, two standing. Well, I missed the mark a little bit, but watch this. That's one of five complete chapters of biblical hallelujahs or praise to the one true living God. Let me give you part of another. Just a few chapters beyond in chapter 18, verses 14 through 18. The Lord is my strength. Somebody said hallelujah. And song. And is become my salvation. The voice of rejoicing and salvation is in the tabernacle of the righteous. The right hand of the Lord does valiantly. The right hand of the Lord is exalted. The right hand of the Lord does valiantly. I shall not die, but live and declare the works of the Lord. The Lord hath chastened me sore, but has not given me over unto death. That's all in capsule in the word. Hallelujah. That's why it's such a powerful statement. It's why we say it's the highest praise. It accumulates four chapters and hundreds of words in one song. Some of you are getting what I'm preaching right now. See, we've been saying words we didn't fully understand the power of. We've just been saying, oh, it's the highest praise. It's the highest praise because it is the highest praise. It's the highest praise because so much comes into it. When you mention a name, what all do you think about that name? Father, friend, worker, neighbor, driver, ex-military, on and on and on. He can have a million titles. Hallelujah wraps up the whole song. And you wrap up that person in a name. Father, son, Holy Ghost, friend, judge, lawyer. Rose of Sharon, bright morning star, lily of the valley. The head, the first, the last, the one that was, the one that is, the one that is to come. The father creation, the son and redemption, the Holy Ghost in the modern day church. All power. Father. Maker, Alpha, Omega, Redeemer, Friend. Now step back. Aren't you glad you don't have to say all that? You just say, Jesus. You want to send up the greatest praise known to humanity? Hallelujah to Jesus. Woo! The blood has done its job. What will your word be? What will your word be on this early Sunday afternoon? Real quick like, the very reason when Paul and Silas spoke, the ground began to shake. 
And the doors began to open and people were saved. Are you ready? When Jesus Christ, see, Paul had a little insight. When Jesus Christ said, It is finished, he had already given the blood. Now he's fixing to apply the word. When he said, It is finished, guess what happened? The ground began to shake. The prison door called a veil that separated God from man was ripped from top to bottom. The jail cell of humanity was open and people were saved. Somebody hear me right now. The word has done, the, 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 the blood has done its job. What will you add to the blood right now? Right now, what will you add to the blood? Two ingredients to victory. One of them is on the tip of your tongue. It's your service. It's your service. Will you praise Him right now without asking Him for anything? Will you praise Him right now, not because you woke up, but because of who He is? Not because you got a nice car and a paycheck, but because, not because He's fair. But it's because He's the only one true living God that's praiseworthy. I challenge you right now, the second ingredient is in your mouth. I want to declare to you that we are in the end of the end time. And if you've ever needed to do your part, it's right now. Come on, singers, literally, as quick as you can get here and get us to that song. The Holy Ghost is about to move. Someone that wants it's going to open their mouth and be filled with the baptism of the Holy Ghost. Somebody that wants to be touched physically, spiritually, financially, and emotionally, when they open their mouth and join with the blood that's already done its job. No matter how we feel about our little life, what are we going to give to our great God? All he's asking for is to allow his blood to work and my word to speak on his behalf. And there's two perfect ingredients to a victory. Anybody need to be victorious today? Sinner, saint, visitor, member, whoever you call yourself, backslider, no matter what, do you need victory today? I want you to join in with this one word song. And as the Holy Ghost begins to move on you and you begin to speak to Him, I want you to praise Him with things that you understand. And if something comes across you that you don't understand, you just let that go too. He might want to say something through you today. I challenge you to get out of your comfort zone called a pew. I challenge you to move and bring some high praise. The highest praise is 